Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we talk about what George Clooney, Mario Lopez, and Quentin Tarantino have in common, the Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we have a very special episode discussing the amazing array of star-studded guest stars featured through the seven seasons of the Golden Girls. Woohoo! Woo! And we have very special guests, as it's a very special episode. We have George and Kristen with us from Meanwhile at the Podcast, um, which is a wonderful podcast that you should all subscribe to. And it focuses on comic books and fandom and pop culture. And so we thought the two of you were the perfect guests for this one. Yay! Thank you for having us. Yeah, George and Kristen, do you want to uh, tell our Enough Wicker listeners a little bit about yourselves, although they might be familiar uh, from listening to the Enough Wicker episode of your show? (laughs) George, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is George Hanna, one of the three co-hosts of Meanwhile at the Podcast. Uh, My podcasting history goes back to a previous show I was on called the George and Tony Entertainment Show. I've been podcasting for about five years now, and I love it, and I love the Golden Girls, and I thank you for inviting Kristen and I to be a part of this. Absolutely. Uh, Well, I'm Kristen, and I also uh, have been on George's podcast from the start um, with Rodney, Um, and I love the Golden Girls so much. That is one of the biggest things that George and I have in common. Um, and, you know, I work at a comic book store, Comic Logic in Ashburn, Virginia. Um, <laughs> and one of the cool things about pop culture and working in a comic book store is you actually even have Golden Girls stuff coming in. Like I have all the Golden Girls pops and um, I think we got the, the Mad Libs from there. So um, Anyway, I'm, I'm so glad you guys invited me here and I can't wait to participate in this. I even have some notes on some of the celebrities because I have questions and I know you guys will have the answers. And, and I will say this about comics. I have been trying to get comic book companies to come out with a Golden Girls comic for the past 35 years with no success. So I'm hoping maybe the success of the Enough Wicker podcast might be able to push that over the edge and some comic book company out there will see the cash cow that a Golden Girls comic book could be. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. That's, you know, like all the uh, scholarly connections, you know, there's Mm -hmm. definitely overlap of TV media studies and and comic book studies. So that's awesome. Yay. I like that idea, George. Let's get a book deal. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, how awesome would it be? And Betty White could be an advisor. (laughs) Wow, yes. (laughs) Then we better get going fast. Yeah. (laughs) So part part of the excitement of having you guys from Meanwhile at the podcast on the show is that, at least for me, I, I'm a Golden Girls expert, but I am not a pop culture expert. And I, I definitely am quite familiar and have been before even their appearances on the show with a lot of these guest stars. But I, you're, you're, I'm not the one to sit at the trivia at the bar to answer questions about, you know, like Cesar Romero's film history right. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, or the background on, you know, uh, where Mario Lopez went between the Golden Girls and Saved by the Bell, you know, and extra. So, um, so I'm really excited to have your brains to pick about sort of the, the stardom of uh, all of these folks here. Cool. Yeah. So I think actually um, I, want to be cautious in in phrasing it this way but i i am inclined to start with like the a-list celebrities that were on mm-hmm. the show um and some of the ones i i honestly when i was researching this i was just so blown away by the names the names of the time but also so many names today like 
you know, um, George, George Clooney, I think is the big one, right? Like that's the one that everybody's like, oh, fun fact about George Clooney, he was on the Golden Girls. And <laughs> you know, that's a great episode. I love that. He's very handsome, young George Clooney. We all, we all love that. He's so brave. He is, Bobby. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'd like to write that one down. <laughs> uh, but there are so many other really, really famous people. Um, Burt Reynolds, of course, is a big one. Um, Mickey Rooney, the late, great Alex Trebek is on an mm-hmm. episode um, where also Merv Griffin appears, which we have talked about. Sarah, you have a family connection to. Yes. <laughs> My my family connection is is essentially that my uh, cousin who who's in his, he's in his mid fifties I'm sorry uh, early sixties and he was just completely astounded that my husband in his mid thirties had never heard of Merv Griffin he had no idea <laughs> who he was and he was so irate about this in fact that uh, my husband received a Merv Griffin biography for the subsequent. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know who Marv Griffin is. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, you do come up with a very good point that I think we brought up when the both of you were on our show, which by the way, if you haven't listened, folks, it is episode 83 of Meanwhile the Podcast, just to let you know. <laughs> but a lot of these references do fall on deaf ears in some cases. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, what's also something that we've talked about previously in our podcast and absolutely are gonna talk about shortly. Um when the Empty Nest episode comes up, we're actually going to have Matt Browning on. And Matt Browning is coming out this year with a book that actually talks about all of the references in the Golden Girls. So it, that includes this list of pop, you know, pop culture stars, but also just when, you know, Sophia talks about a weird old brand or, you know, when there's just a, a commentary, a little bit of nugget of news that happened in the 80s, uh, which is really cool. And I think part of the appeal of the longevity of the show is that despite a lot of these sort of quote-unquote dated references you know it's it still continues to inspire which is really cool and it's yeah. you know I mean maybe a lot of people do know you know who Julio Iglesias is but maybe are more familiar with Enrique or maybe there are people that are too young to even know who Enrique is yeah so <laughs> it's, it's kind of wild but it's fun to watch it with a younger person. Like my son right now is not super into watching it, although I'll have it on and he'll start to giggle and I'm like, he's watching it. <laughs> um, but some of the cool things are like, you know, I was like, hey, that's Cesar Romero. He's like, who? And I'm like, you know, the Joker from, from Batman 66. And he's like, oh, wow, that's cool. So like it, you can kind of teach them who these people were and the impact that they had if they're interested, you know, some some kids aren't. But, but it is a lot of fun because you can learn so much from people in, in you know, social history. Yes, right. actually that's, I, when Ruby D died a couple years ago, I think it was maybe like five years ago at this point, um, then she died and I was reading all of these, you know, amazing things that she had done and, and she was like such a, an icon. And I was like, oh my God, that's Mammy Watkins. Like she was mm-hmm. on an episode <laughs> of the Golden Girls. Um, and, you know, I think that the cultural significance of some of these people, like you're saying, is completely missed on the, on a younger generation, but if you're so inclined to like Wikipedia these people, it just opens up a whole new world of history and pop culture awareness. And um, there's just so many of those sort of like open doors through guest stars on this show. Um, so I'd yeah. love to hear if anybody else, you know, Cesar Romero also huge. If anybody else stuck <laughs> out to the two of you when you were looking over the list. You, you know, you were talking about your husband not knowing who Merv Griffin. And 
okay, I don't know which way to go with this because the Merv Griffin part could go two ways, but I'll, 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 go, I'll go this way with it. Bob Hope. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people don't know who Bob Hope is. Oh, that's right? so sad. And, and when Bob Hope was on that episode of the Golden Girls, you can just imagine that the commercials were saying special guest star tonight on the Golden Girls, Bob yep. Hope. And that got people to watch that night whenever it was on, uh, you, you know, uh, th that particular Saturday night. So they're, they're and Dick Van Dyke. Okay, people know Dick Van Dyke because he's still with us and the Mary Poppins reboot was yeah. done a couple of years ago. I was going to say so Mary least, Poppins is probably for right now. Yeah. Most of how people know. Yeah. Because exactly. nobody, no kids know about the Dick Van Dyke show. <clears throat> right. Right. But even Rita Moreno. You know, a younger kid, yeah. maybe they don't know who Rita Moreno is. I mean, yeah, he got mistress, Rita Moreno. Mm -hmm. yeah. To us, you know, she's Electric Company. She's West Side Story. Mm -hmm. It's a big I deal. Mean, it's, it took me quite some time as a Golden Girls watcher and as an avid West Side Story fan to actually connect it, to be completely oh. frank. Like, she's that good of an actress. And mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Mickey Rooney. I know, like, oh, yeah, he's definitely one. not huge anymore but he i love judy garland movies and like when i was growing up i watched all of his old movies and he's you know a really cool guy i like him and so you know when he popped up i was like oh my god it's mickey rooney and i had that reaction to a lot of people but like he and bob hope and some of the older celebrities that were around a long time back then yeah um it was really fun to see them but again a lot of those people would be lost on uh you know the younger generations yeah, there is there is this sort of contingent of like the so so let's talk about the guest stars who played themselves, right? Yes. Because that the, the sort of stardom and fandom of that. There is like this double like layer, which is also again part of the appeal of the show is that the Golden Girls of that era in the 80s, to them, Mickey Rooney, Bob Hope, those are people they came up with. But then you also have absolute contemporaries that they're also very excited about, you know, mm -hmm. Burt Reynolds and, you know, although we don't see them, you know, they're not so keen on Charles Nelson Riley, but they're talking <laughs> about them and, you know, we don't see her, but they talk about Madonna. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot that's really cool about them having like, you know, their age, like I'm excited about the celebrity, but also the, I'm excited about the celebrity that's hot right now. Right. Totally. Sunny Bono. Yeah. You have Sonny Bono and Lyle mm -hmm. Wagner chasing right. Dorothy, right? I mean, right there playing themselves. Mm -hmm. Leslie Nielsen's huge to me. I love the airplane movies. I even love his dramatic work that he did when he was even younger. So um, although like we're talking about now, he was a character on the show and not Leslie Nielsen. Right. I just, I really enjoyed him a lot. Wait, talk about his dramatic work. I'm, I am unfamiliar with Leslie Nielsen besides Airplane, really. So I'm definitely not going to be able to remember any titles. You'll have to Wikipedia or IMDb, <laughs> the, the things that he was in. But he actually did not start out as a comedic actor. Um, like, I think Airplane might have been one of the first roles where he was like, a, a, you know, comedic actor. But I mean, I'd have to double check on that. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure he was on like maybe at least a Twilight Zone episode or something where he plays like a really, you know, oh, yeah. different character. So yeah, so Wikipedia or IMDb, it's probably <laughs> the best way. And you'll be able to see some of his earlier works when he was dramatic. That's cool. Yeah, Uncle absolutely. Lucas. Great job. Such depth. Indeed. And I think, you know, um, I lived with my grandparents growing up. So like you said, like Rose and, and all, well, all those people came up with these celebrities that are big names. Well, so did my grandparents. So, you know, right. being with them, I, I got that, you know, how, how important it was and how deep and cool it was to have these people on there. Um, so that was a lot of fun too. My grandparents like really added a lot to it with their history. Right. 
Yeah, because it is, I, I think, Kristen, your experience with your son is so sweet to hear about because it's kind of it's kind of great to watch it with somebody who recognizes the actor for something else or recognizes them at all you know and then you're like oh wow that person is super famous in their own right right yeah so I think do we cover everybody who plays themselves well we got Burt Reynolds um and uh Sonny Bono uh Julio Iglesias and Cesar Romero Mickey Rooney so I think we did I wrote them down Lyle Wagner yep Mm mm-hmm um, also, Alex Trebek and Merv Griffin. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Bob Hope, yeah. Um, Edwin Newman I, was on as a newscaster during the uh, the Russian episode. Who was? Uh, Edwin Newman. He was a newscaster, a famous newscaster at the time. To have him on during the dream sequence when Rose was, uh, when the Russian, uh, she wrote the letter to Gorbachev and uh, Reagan. <laughs> And uh, she had the dream sequence. Edwin Newman was the the news person. Oh, speaking of another dream sequence, Gene Dixon, famous. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just watched the clip of that the other day. It's so funny. Like that that era, right? You're just like, because like, fame, psychic, Gene Dixon. Right. And, and she was a big deal. It's like, a big to do. <laughs> and that's definitely something that a lot of people are going to be lost on because, like, that was definitely of its time for sure. Did mm, Willard yeah. Scott play himself or was he character? And I saw on the list he was there, but I just can't remember. I think he was referenced. Yeah. I don't know that he was okay. ever actually, yeah. but I mean, name, you know, recognition Fred Willard was on. He played, yes. um, he did not play himself. He played a recently um, defected priest, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. First date. Um, yeah, Fred Willard just passed away as well. Uh, what last year? I yeah, think. basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, going so going into also that of the older generation, and I think we mentioned this too. Um, you know, Angela, played by Nancy Walker, mm-hmm. um, that's like kind of a special thing too, because again, she was known so well in her time. She had been on all of these television shows. Like she was the you know, esteemed actress, like, it's like, wow, what a good get to get Nancy yeah. Walker, you know, to be a guest star on your show. And it made um, Estelle Getty really kind of nervous, but also excited because Estelle Getty in, in like way back in the day had been Nancy Walker's stand-in for like, <laughs> I forget, it was, I, I, I learned this know. from the Jim Colucci book, you know, our Bible that we talk about all the time, <laughs> Golden Girls <laughs> Forever uh, by Jim Colucci, get the book if you haven't had it. Um, but he, you know, he talks about how she was so, sort of giddy because when she was um, Nancy Walker's stand-in, Nancy Walker kind of didn't give her the time of day. And so Estelle was like nervous because she's working working with this amazing actress, but also like she's coming on my show. And, and you know, and it turned mm-hmm. out that they had, a, they had a good relationship, like nothing, there was no bad blood or anything necessarily, but what sure. a cool like flip, right, for Estelle to you know, take so long to sort of quote unquote break out in show business like this and then have Nancy Walker be on her show. Huh. And I wonder, yeah. I wonder if it was on Rhoda or something like that, where... I, I forget. I think, I, I recall, and again, I will reference the Bible later. Uh, <laughs> Look, mine's I, like around. I, I know, right? Like, 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 I, I do have mine over here. I was looking at it. Uh, there you, you know, go. Prepar- it, it may have, it may have been a commercial. I, I'm not sure. It was, oh. it was definitely for something where she, she was a little miffed. But also, talk about hilarity because of how perfectly, you know, matched they are in stature. That is yeah. still Getty was for Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels, uh, it feels appropriate. Feels appropriate. Yeah. She was uh, Rosie in the Bounty commercials. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's that's right. right. I, I can't imagine needing a stand-in for that, but maybe that's where it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were a lot of stunts in those Bounty commercials back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should talk about both 
Glenn O'Brien's actually because they're both yes famous. Yes, yes they are. indeed, actually of their own right. So I cannot think of Alex Rocco. Uh, for the first thing I think of is him on the Golden Girls as number one Glenn O'Brien mm-hmm. with his gravelly voice. The second thing I think of is him getting his eyeball shot uh, yes. out from the Godfather. <laughs> what a I'm all green. I'm mm-hmm. all green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. I mean, like this, it's like, it's kind of like perfect that he plays both these roles in yeah. my mind and only these roles. I, I mean, but he has other, other famous well, appearances. In being an eighties kid, uh, he was Joe's dad on Facts of Life. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, wow, I know, yes. I now I don't know if there were two guys who played that role, but he was definitely the dad that I remember. I don't know if there was another dad, you know, somebody else maybe originally, but he was her dad. George Clooney uh, also on Effects of Life, right? Effects of Life? Yeah, he was. Was on he on the first life. season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He really got around in the like 80s sitcom yeah. circuit. Like that TV land late night lineup is full of George Clooney cameos. <laughs> it was that short mullet haircut he had. The same as Joe. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel compelled for our anybody who's listening uh, that that's uh, originally a listener from our show. And because Chris, Kristen did bring up Batman 66, Alex Rocco did play a henchman to Colonel Gum. His name was Block. He, he played, a, and it was the episode where the Green Hornet and Cato were there. So oh, he, 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 he's a side character in, in that, in, in that two-part episode. I don't know what it was called. Oh my God. You get, you actually just gave me an amazing idea, which we should have mapped out before this episode, but like connecting the dots of like guest character appearances, like X, <laughs> X number of degrees, of all of the Golden Girls ones and how they actually, you know, well, have I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one that comes to mind. <laughs> uh, I, I know now we're, we're going off of any sort of uh, structure you wanted here, but I'll give you one more. <laughs> I think it was prior to the Golden Girls. There was a show called AKA Pablo and it starred uh, Paul Rodriguez, the, the person who, when the girls go on their the, the ill-fated vacation and oh, they, yes. they put the money into the, uh, the, the uh, vibrating bed mm-hmm. and he's the person who comes in and shakes, <laughs> shakes the bed nice. so he was the star of the show and the kid in the show was mario lopez <laughs> and b arthur whose name i guess we know uh she played i believe his i don't know if it was his agent or his manager but she was telling the the the, the, the plot of the show was it was a hispanic family a latino family Paul Rodriguez was kind of playing a version of himself, but his name is Pablo. And B. Arthur, I think, is the person who was suggesting to him, you have to Americanize your, yourself or else you're not going to play to the masses. And that's why the show was called AKA Pablo. So hmm. B. Arthur, Mario Lopez, and Paul Rodriguez had all starred in a sitcom together for, I guess, a season. And then here they are separately. So I think it was before Golden Girls. So I think B. Arthur and Mario Lopez had already worked together prior to the Star Pupil episode. No way. I, th- that I think amazing. that's the order of it. I think so. Because wow. I think it was early 80s for this AKA Pablo uh, show, I think. <laughs> that must be why they have such great chemistry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Because they, they had worked together. Well, also like that, that just touches, I, we have to pick up the Jerry Orbach thread but uh before we do i it just touches on something interesting about um which we can get into later as well of like there's there's a lot of just like 
that Hollywood connection, right? And there's a lot of the the idea that Harold Gould came back from playing Arnie one time to playing (laughs) Miles consistently is because essentially it boiled down to like the girls liked working with him, right? And it's like, it was one of those things where it's like, of course, yeah. Oh, we, you know, I I used to work with so-and-so over here and be Arthur saying like, oh yeah, that young guy, Mario Lopez, he was great. Like, let's have him on the show. And like the, the, the four women, you know, and the three women, especially, you know, had such star power that of course, like they, you know, they could reference things and, and influence things behind the scenes uh, to kind of make it all work. So I think that's pretty fascinating. Definitely. But the, but the late, great Jerry Orbach, go ahead. Yeah. Glenn O'Brien number two. Yes. <laughs> there's not, I mean, yeah, I feel like there's not so much to say about him. He is, they're both great in that role. Oh, yeah. Um, I always, I will say when I picture Glenn O'Brien, I lean towards the Jerry Orbach version. Um, but yeah, he's another one. I feel like I had seen him on the Golden Girls and then later watching law and order reruns you know on like usa or something and being like oh my god it's glenn o'brien and you know the person i was with is like what are you talking about it's so funny because rich and i were watching one of the episodes the other day and he was on it and i was like wait a minute he's from like that crime show right like like law and order and he's like uh dirty dancing i was like that is awesome that his go-to was dirty dancing <laughs> my go-to was it was a uh, law and order what a real though you know yeah <laughs> um i also want to bring up debbie reynolds because oh, sure. she oh, yeah. is the best um mm-hmm. and there's it, Judy Garland prior references. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny because on Twitter, I saw, I forget who tweeted it, but somebody was like, they should have had Debbie Reynolds move into the house and never have done Golden Palace and just have had her replace Dorothy's one of that. And I would have watched that. 100%. Oh, definitely. <laughs> then it may kind of have like two blanches because yeah. I, I remember her on there, but she seemed like she like had a bunch of husbands before. What did she say? Like, I like them old and barely breathing or barely something. Breathing. I don't remember. Something very funny like that. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Handful of rice, handful of dirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy or stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of fabulous that it was at the end because it's I you you would have ha- watched her in the middle of like season four or something and been like, we have to have her back. Like she's so perfect in right. that role. It's amazing. But yeah, total star power on her own. Um, Martin Mull, I'd love oh, to talk yeah. about because mm-hmm. I'm also a very, I'm a very big fan of Clue, the movie Clue, mm-hmm. where he oh, yeah, mustard. So that, and I sort of came up watching that, and that was one of those like, hey, <laughs> and Sabrina, he was on the Melissa Joan Hart version oh, of yeah. Sabrina. So that's like where I first associated him. But you know, he's um, he's interesting because I feel like he never ever ages. He looks the <laughs> exact right. same, yeah, all the time. Zan, Martin Mull is the original yes. Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to bring something to current times, though? The references that are made to J- Donald Trump, going back to the Merv Griffin episode. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, not a kid. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not that young. But uh, when Merv Griffin was on the Jeopardy episode, and Dorothy says that he is the anti-Trump, that has been the way I've been thinking of Donald Trump since the '90s. Yeah. Yep. And that brings it here. And then, of course, Donald Trump was mentioned when uh, Sophia got married and Blanche was listing the qualities a man should have if she was to get married again. And they need the financial resources of a Mr. Donald Trump. They want to revisit that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. If they but, only but, knew. But yeah. 30 years ago, 
And somebody watching this will say, oh, my God, Donald Trump was a thing back when the Golden Girls was on. You know, when your son watches, Kristen, to see a reference mm-hmm. like that to them, it's current. Yeah, for sure. So, so mm-hmm. that kind of brings it into the 2020s, you know, right. something from the 1980s, 1990s. Somebody in their 20s can watch this and go, oh, my God, I recognize Alex Trebek. I don't know who this Merv Griffin guy is, but they just mentioned Donald Trump. So it kind right. of can bring it in, in for them, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. That's right. I was trying to think of like now if the girls were around and this was happening, like how each one of them would feel about it. I feel like Dorothy and Rose would feel very strongly, you know, like, uh, you know, anti-violence and, and you know, anti-racism. And they were very, um, they were very on the show, they were very socially conscious. And so I feel like Blanche, though, might need just a little bit of talking like, no, no, Blanche, he's actually not a good guy. You know, she'd be like, oh, but he's got money. And Don't worry, handsome. Sophia said everybody's straight. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. So like, I feel like they would, they would have to maybe talk Blanche into realizing he's, he's a schmuck. Um, but, but yeah, I feel like they would all be uh, pretty much not on the bandwagon for him. Yes. It's funny that you bring that up. Cause that has come up a couple of times um, just like with Sarah and me and also with a couple of other guests and everybody sort of comes to the same realization of like, yeah, Blanche is, you know, she comes from a lot of money. She's from the South. She's probably, traditionally a Republican voter but yeah I mean I think that Rose would just be so disgusted by his rhetoric and Dorothy and Sophia I think both would be very um you know from the beginning just not willing to hear it so yeah I think we agreed I think that they would turn her because also I think that Dorothy would truly stop being friends with Blanche if she voted for him so um you know that's my 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 hope and a viable Democrat for president we finally found one you know thank you (laughs) Dreyfus So that's a good transition to sort of like the pop cultural references because you were talking about um, Donald Trump, who I hate, but there are some (laughs) other (laughs) there are some (laughs) other political points in there that I feel like truly gave me the political context, like the context for everything I know about historical elections. Um, You know, there's the line about Dorothy having a uh, Dukakis bumper sticker covering up her Mondale (laughs) bumper sticker. Yeah. And I was inclined to like read about those elections and, you know, like find out what that Mm -hmm. that means because, you know, the show is mostly Reagan and then a little bit of George Bush the first. so the whole time, that's a real, uh, you know, like a real thing. And George, you mentioned the the Russia episode. Um, and I feel like there's a kind of a lot of those little tidbits where like, if you were watching at the time, you would get these little references or these little like smaller guest appearances, but now you might just like not even realize that they're significant. Right. Kind of the same as like when I was a kid and we, you know, we only had three channels at the time. So we'd come home from school and besides for watching cartoons, We'd have things like I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, and references that were made there way over my head, not only because I was a kid, but even if I had been in my 20s at the time watching them, I wasn't there when they made their references, and they sure as heck did not make as many references as an 80s or 90s sitcom did. (laughs) But there, there are things that went over my head, but now, at the age I am now, watching those shows, and I know more about history, these little things that didn't necessarily add to the comedy, but just added to the time it was in which it was filmed. Uh, it, it does give more perspective. So mm-hmm. th- what I do like about the Golden Girls is it's far it's far enough removed that it's in in the in the past, but there there are these instances where people today can discover it, like Kristen's son, and enjoy it for the humor, but also maybe 
recognize a few of these guest stars that we're talking about or put some things in perspective. And, and I love that. And I think that's going to go on in the future as the show ages even more. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. And the internet, you know, it's such a, it's such a good source to Google, like a reference or, you know, where did this come from? Where did this thing start? I'm constantly doing that. So when I watch an older show like that, maybe Honeymooners and they say something and I'm like, what is that pause? And then I just immediately look it up on the computer. So that's something that we now are lucky enough to have when George, you were watching it the first time around. It's not like you could hop on Google and be like, I don't get what Jackie Gleason just said. So, right. But you you know, and you get the, uh, you get the, let's say the cocoon perspective, the movie cocoon. You have two people from cocoon. You have Jack Guilford who plays Sophia's husband and you've got, uh, well, you know, second husband and, and you've got uh, Don Amici who plays Rose's dad. Yeah, so you have that cocoon connection and cocoon had come out very shortly before those episodes aired, but these actors had their long careers prior to that, but cocoon put those actors in the, younger people's mindsets and now all of a sudden here they are on on the golden girls at the time so Mm -hmm. again those were two gets probably at the time all they needed was a wolf or brimley and they would have had the trifecta (laughs) (laughs) exactly there was that intersection of they already had storied careers Mm -hmm. and then they were thrust back into the public consciousness so it's a perfect fit for them to be on a modern currently running show but also a show about older people like it was just it's kind of fabulous and, and thank you for saying Don Amici I forgot about him because he is just super famous brother Martin um, you know <laughs> yep. who found the Lord does work than... in mysterious ways so. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a bizarre fit for him but it's, it, it worked really well it's great yeah, and again you can just imagine the commercials that week leading up to it tonight special guest star Don Amici exactly <laughs> you know? yeah Exactly. It's, it's, it's very similar. You're like, Bob Hope, is he Rose's dad? Don Amici, is yeah, he right. Rose's dad? <laughs> <laughs> um, another one, uh, well, speaking of looking up things on the internet, actually another two that I did not know were as sort of storied as they were um, is uh, the guy who plays Ernie, poor impotent Ernie, uh, Richard oh, Hurd. He was in yes. All the President's Men. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was a bigger deal. Yeah. Who was he in All the President's Men? I, I don't know. I just, the internet told me he was in the, all the president's men. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and then also um, Kevin McCarthy, who played Richard, you know, the one who wants to visit the Orient, uh, who Blanche <laughs> almost marries, which, you know, doesn't quite narrow it down who Blanche almost marries, but <laughs> an invasion of the body snatchers? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> A lot of these people to even people who watched it first run, to them, they, a lot of these actors and actresses, they were peripheral. They're like, gosh, who do I, where do I know that person from? Right. So, so to you, they might've just been like a character actor, but if, if you were able to do a deep dive, you'd realize, man, the filmography, why, why don't I know this person? Or why haven't I seen all the movies that this person is in? Right, exactly. Or you take a guy like Ken Howard, who played, was it in season seven, where uh, he was just starting to date after his wife had passed away and Blanche, he, he, Blanche was moving too fast for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's the yeah, white yeah. shadow for, mm-hmm. for TV buffs, but he had a, a storied career also. So yeah, they, they just came out of nowhere. I mean, they just grabbed all these fantastic <laughs> actors and actresses. I mean, people wanted to be on the show, you know, and I yeah. think it's, it's, it's really fascinating too of uh, that opposite of like watching the show in its current run, you recognize all these people from all their other work. And then now we're watching all the other work, recognizing them from mm-hmm. the Colton girls. Right, right. 
Lauren, is it is it wicked uh, wicker good memes on Instagram that constantly is posting, or is it? Uh, I think there's another one that Ye Old Town. Um, yeah, Ye Old Town Blanche. Both Ye of those two are really Ye great. Old Town Blanche. Yeah, they're really <laughs> great. But I think um, Ye Old Town Blanche is the one specifically that's constantly watching movies and being like, "Oh my God, look! It's like both of these characters from the Golden Girls working together." <laughs> yeah, and um, Golden Girls posters will often just like insert you know the golden girl's face onto mm -hmm. like famous movie posters um that is I an want... excellent shout out that's very relevant to our conversation here for sure so great um i want to just just going over the list um there's only one i think actually we haven't gotten to uh which is jeffrey tambor oh, who right. um he plays one of the doctors who sort of dismisses dorothy's chronic fatigue syndrome right that's yes um for some reason, I'm like recalling all of the doctors that have ever appeared on the Golden Girls, but yeah, that is the role that he plays. Um, and that's an interesting one too, because similarly, I feel like he, um, not quite as drastic as Martin Mull, but he still kind of looks the same. You know, like yeah. I, I was recently just rewatching a little bit of Arrested Development, and um, also Jeffrey Dambor has some problematic behavior. I just want to you know put that yeah. out there that he's kind of awful but <laughs> i do like his his acting and his shows um and yeah he looks the exact same when he's in the golden girls and when he's in arrested development yeah exactly he just his he has a little more black hair in the golden girls yeah, yeah. it's mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. um another one that i love and was delighted in who also was one of those actors that played two different roles uh, on the Golden Girls uh, was Terry Kaiser, who mm -hmm. is best known for being Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. He played the uh, <laughs> the, the um, Santa Claus who held everybody up at gunpoint to spend yeah. with him, mm -hmm. <laughs> which just such a funny premise. I love it. And uh, also was uh, you know the in the in the Beatlemania episode, he was right. he was George. You know, That's you really threw your you threw your underwear at me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and Paul when Ernie's sick. All right. <laughs> what a freak. I know. Totally. <laughs> me, I'm talking about me. <laughs> also, um, I, I'm not sure if you know this, uh, George, but I looked up Alice Ghostly, who played Stan's mother. Oh, yes. Uh huh. She was on Bewitched. Yes. She was. Yes. Oh, I forgot the name of. She was Samantha's aunt. Yeah, I, like I, she was I like the her name. she was the bumbling uh, yes. Esmeralda. I'm, Esmeralda, yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny because watching that Golden Girls episode, I used to watch Bewitched all the time. I was like, she seems so familiar. You know, there's like <laughs> something. And now through the power of the internet, mm -hmm. now know the overlap. So really fascinating. Well, um, you have uh, Polly Holiday uh, playing Rose's sister in Blind Ambition. She's Flo on Alice. Right. So people who knew. Yeah. Alice, you know, saw her there and probably didn't recognize her because she always had her hair up and, uh, you know, kiss my grits and all that stuff. So. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a reference lost on people for sure. Kiss my grits. Cause I've mm -hmm. said it in front of Jacob and he's like, what is that? <laughs> yes, it is. It's wild because I have heard that, uh, but I never, ever had the context for it. Uh, and when I was researching, um, for that episode, blind ambitions, I was yeah. reading about yeah. the actress and I was like, wow, she has such a career. And I definitely, it was another one of those moments where I definitely was like, oh yeah, I have seen her before. Like I've seen her in other things. Her voice is very distinct, I think. And that's like the kiss my grits line. I feel like it was, yeah. it all came back to me. Right. <laughs> no it, is, it is so funny. <laughs> yes. It's so funny how you can now again, like George, like what you were talking about with watching I Love Lucy before where you have like, 
they made references back then, but it is like exponentially greater in the 80s and 90s and probably exponentially greater now for certain shows who are particular about not staying evergreen, you know, like just Mm -hmm. making references. But um, my husband, uh, aforementioned dude who doesn't know any pop culture references, including (laughs) the Murph Griffin, he is a big fan of the Venture Brothers, a cartoon show, which in and of itself is kind of like a parody on like Johnny Quest and all of those other old cartoons but it is hyper known for just dropping like a million references in it. So there's like a scene, for example, where like a character is like slapping a character back in face saying your, your mother, your father, your mother, your father. And then we, we sat down, you know, years and years later and finally watched the old Jack Nicholson film, Chinatown. Uh-huh. And at the end, it's like your sister, your mother, your sister. And he's like, oh, that's what the Venture Brothers were talking about. <laughs> and it's just such a funny like sort of backwards thing like Lauren you're like it triggers like kiss my grits and I know that line just but from other references I never watched Alice you know right so it's just it's such a it's such a fun mishmash of uh you know figuring out sort of the threads of all of this uh you have uh the woman who played Barbara Thorndike uh Dorothy's author friend she was in soaps I don't remember which ones in particular uh but then Patrick Vaughn Another person who was on the show, uh, now wait, did I just confuse his real name with his show name? Uh, <laughs> Patrick Vaughn is on the gold. He's a character, but I do, yes. I think I understand. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, was, he played two, two characters. He was in the, uh, the, the, the episode that you recently, well, as of this recording, you recently went over to let us know it's not a version of Our Town. It's a version <laughs> of Picnic. Uh, which I didn't know until I listened to your show. So thank you the for act, making this. The actor, yes. Yes. So, and then uh, he was the hairdresser in, in, in another episode. He right, was on spring, soaps. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they had all these soap opera stars. And I guess maybe it's because the sets were close to each other. I don't know. <laughs> that makes sense. Cause I do, I feel like, you know, on a larger scale, there's all of the um, empty nest crossovers. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Sarah said, we talked to Matt Browning recently who um, is gonna be on the empty nest episode of, of Enough Wicker, oh, which gosh, is very exciting because he's yeah. truly an expert on the show. Mm-hmm. But I never really, um, you know, like I had the context for it, but then when I was watching some of the empty nests to get it, Harry Weston is on so many, you know, of the, the Golden Girls episodes, um, but Park Overall, who is a star in her own right, I love her so much, but my only like, piece of reference for her is the nurse in the episode where Dorothy has chronic fatigue syndrome so when I was re when I was watching these episodes of empty nest I was like yes I'm so glad somebody gave that woman a real role because she is so funny and and like that obviously like empty nest is a spinoff and then um you know so there's good there's bound to be crossover but I do think M- NBC was big about like signing a contract with this cameo or you know like this this guest actor and putting them in a bunch of different shows <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I can't wait for you guys to have that discussion uh, with him because, l- let's face it, the appearances of empty nest characters on Golden Girls—that's one of the problems of syndicating a show that crosses over with other shows. And then somebody comes on, and you know, it's out of context that one of the daughters shows up at the Midnight Madness party, and then the <laughs> other one shows up. You know, what is Christy McNichol doing here? If you even know who she is these days uh you don't understand or what's the big deal about dreyfus you, you know right. it, if you don't have the, the the other show coming on right after it somebody like Kristen's son has no context of who are these people 
that he would have no idea who Christy McNichol is. I don't know that I've taught him that part of uh, pop culture. I've tried to give him a good foundation. Mm-hmm. I actually even made him watch Soap, which ironically, well, Richard Mulligan uh-huh. was yeah. on Soap, which was yeah. kind of a soap opera. Like it was really, I loved that show. I love that actor. Had to throw that in there. Love it. Well, I think it's funny because, uh, you know, the Golden Girls, like, as we all know, you know, now we can binge watch things and watch things, you know, all start to finish. And it was the the show, especially given that you had multiple actors playing different role or or the same actor playing different roles, rather, um, they weren't huge on continuity and they didn't have to be right. Like episodes were written differently and you had sort of the book of how the character is supposed to go, but it didn't matter if, you know, like Dreyfus was there one moment and then wasn't there another. Um, Except but it's funny because an episode that I'm thinking of that is not like an intended NBC emptiness spinoff, it's just an episode, is the Mary Had a Little Lamb episode where, you know, this, this woman comes in and she's so young and she's pregnant and it's all this stuff. And she keeps, you know, she talks like she is an empty nest character that's mm-hmm. supposed to give you background. Cause she's like, remember when I, you know, I used to spend all my like evenings here or weekends here, you know, she like talks about how she spends time at the house, never heard of her before never heard of her after it doesn't matter you know we meet her dad and his dad's got another dog it's almost as if they were like planting another seed yeah but to me who never watched empty nest and never understood those connections whatsoever until i sort of dug into you know who these recurring characters on the golden girls were to me it was just another mary had a little lamb it's like okay i guess (laughs) we're supposed to be vaguely familiar with these people but to me it's just a weird quirk of the episode Yeah. yeah Sure. Yeah, what a um that's it is it's so similar to what emptiness actually kind of ended up being almost you know like <laughs> yeah I also always wondered if they were trying to start something there but Rita Moreno she was not so <laughs> yeah yeah and like with the characters with the actors playing different characters on the Golden Girls you know even continuity aside they it was it for some reason it was so much easier to accept because it was like one shots or whatever whereas like if you think of something like bewitched where with you when you have a new darren and you completely replace that character like you couldn't have done that with the golden girls for sure um or becky from roseanne so i think that it was much easier to to deal with on the golden girls and accept it and just go with it um but you know not like bewitched or or roseanne or any other time they've replaced a main character it's really hard to deal with but yeah, and, this is good. They didn't ever try. You no, know, it's interesting you say that because bringing up Bewitched as, as an example. Yeah. Recurring characters like Alice Ghostly or Dr. Bombay, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were the same actors coming back. Whereas here, but, but then again, they came back more than one, more than mm-hmm. once, you know? So it was almost like they, they had a little bit of a recurring role. Whereas here, you know, if Kirsten shows up once a season <laughs> and you're, you're not in a bingeable culture, it doesn't matter so much. Right. You, you probably didn't even, Actually, when it comes to Dorothy's son, Michael, you might just think, even if you had rem- remembered his first appearance, you, you might have just thought he shaved his head and, you know, he shaved and he, now this is him clean shaven or something like that, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it's things like that. Like you wouldn't even notice, you wouldn't care back when they were first run, but now you care because you can watch six at a time on Hallmark Channel or you, you just binge it on Hulu or wherever you're watching it. And uh, it, it's blatant right now. Yeah. Whereas back then, I don't think it really mattered. No, I think the most egregious thing is Miles. You know, like yeah. we see mm-hmm. Harold Gold as Arnie, and then a little bit later he comes back with again, like no, <laughs> I guess you wouldn't provide explanation, but like 
oh no, he's Miles now. And then also yeah. he's Nicholas Carbone or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's you know. all crazy. <laughs> I, I can't wait until your, uh, your scholarly thesis on that whole cheese man uh, era of, yes. of the Golden Girls. So I cannot wait for that. <laughs> a lot of plot holes there. Off. Yeah. We'll have to do some more research on the witness protection program. <laughs> because fuck, whoever is running it in Miami is garbage. That's all I got to say. Well, I mean, and talk about continuity. I mean, where does his daughter, where does Miles' daughter fit into this whole thing? What Was that even real? Was that a dream sequence? I mean, when you binge it, it doesn't make sense. A couple of seasons apart, you forget that there's a daughter in there who did not approve of Rose. Right. Yeah, actually, you could go a different, a couple different directions with that and say that she's a total plant by the witness protection program, mm -hmm. but a poor one at that because she's yeah. not, not understanding the context of her father's life. Yeah. And you know what? That makes sense because even now I, I can think of her entering the house for the first time and the way she walks in with such, such determination. I mean, she, she, does, she, she just goes right in. She, she doesn't even wait to be invited in. She, she's in there. So you're right. Maybe she was a... a, a She's a, a government office. service agent or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Would love to see the daughters they stuck Samuel Plankmaker with. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Phone? <laughs> <laughs> Screw up. <laughs> hey, uh, can we go back to Big Daddy really quick? Oh, oh yeah. Time. <laughs> since, since, Big, since Big Daddy had, had two people play, play him and yeah. we were talking about the uh, their careers prior to their appearances on the Golden Girls. So you had date. Uh, well, I guess we should start with um, Murray Hamilton. Is that who the first Big Daddy was? It's definitely and I, Murray. And I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's Murray Hamilton, but he is the mayor in Jaws. So any anybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what was well? Well, actually, Jaws might have been ten years prior to that. But uh, big difference now from being the mayor in Jaws to playing Big Daddy and having his singing career. And then when you have the second Big Daddy, David Wayne for our, any listeners of Meanwhile at the podcast who are listening to Enough Wicker for the first time, David Wayne is the Mad Hatter in Batman 66. Yep. So wow. to, so Kristen, since you mentioned Batman, all these Batman villains and stuff, you know, they, yeah. they come to the fold. Mm -hmm. Great. Full circle. Yep. Everything is connected. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a large, uh, bigger overlap than I knew of Golden Girls and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. We, we should dig a little further into those henchmen, too. Alex Rocco <laughs> can't be the only one who was a henchman. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, they're all masked, though, you know, so it's really difficult mm. to pick them out. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. Although Cesar Romero, of course, famously still has his mustache underneath the Joker paint, which is yep. one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of. <laughs> and that's why it makes it so awesome. I know. It's so it's just distinct. so goofy. <laughs> over the top goofy which is totally what that show was which is exactly. so much fun you have that batman and then you have your dark batman now I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a deep cut and this one i did have to google because i was doing my research too now while you guys are you know sarah lauren your your scholar, scholarly take on the on the golden girls you know you're at an a plus level i'm at about a c minus level so uh -huh. i had to do a lot i was doing some some googling myself and this, this one i had to google so Kristen and listeners of meanwhile the podcast you might be interested in, in this sophia's boss now gosh what the heck was his name mccracken or something like that he, he the, the boss who who came in he and wanted to fire everybody. yes, yes McCracken. <laughs> he is the voice of robin on teen titans go no way and, wow. and the only reason i i did a deep and I, he, he's a he's a voice actor now Kristen, he probably goes to all the comic conventions where the voice actors he, are there now. yeah 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 uh -huh. but the reason I, I, want to, I, I started to do a, a deep dive on him 
was because he has this this look about him like, man, I must know him as an adult actor. So I, I was trying to find out what I would have known him in more recently. And it turns out that everything recent is voice acting. So it's just yeah. that, that face. Maybe maybe as a kid, he was in a lot of things. And, and I just remember that face. But there was something about his face that made me think to myself, this guy must do something now because he right. looks like somebody I should know from something. And, and he's very he's a voice talented. Actor. Yeah, because I would have guessed that it was a young adult playing him because he's like a sort of a preteen, early teen character in yeah. Teen Titans Go. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's actually really cool. So that one required some looking up. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no shame in that. I mean, that's what scholars do. They research. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who else? What else, George? You, are you working off a list here? Well, yeah, because I looked up some people that I it, 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 again, it was one of those things where I know the guy, I know the, I know the actor, I know the actress. I don't, run, I don't know their name, but I know I know them from a bunch of other things. And one of them is Uncle Angelo. Now I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't need to look up Bill Dana to know that he was in Get Smart a couple of times, mm. playing different roles there also. But <laughs> he has a writing credit. This part I did not know. He apparently has a writing credit for the Get Smart movie, The Nude Bomb. So I didn't know he had a oh. writing credit. So I don't know if that's because he really had something to do with the screenplay or he, you know, he was on set and he adjusted his lines or something, but <laughs> he, I, I knew him from Get Smart prior to his being Uncle Angelo because That's I was a big cool. Get Smart fan when I was a kid. Love it. What, um, what about Clayton, um, Monty Markham? I, he was, I read that he was on the $6 million man. Um, was he? Now he I, has, he has that look of somebody who, who you, you expect to have had a career prior to that i i could have right. seen him see him in westerns yeah that sounds right yeah but, but six million dollar man huh yeah that's what that's what that's the the credit that i see here i i'm not familiar with the other other work but yeah i think that's pretty interesting and again like he's just he he seems like the kind of guy who would have had you know a storied career in in, in the past so it's pretty fascinating the gentleman who plays, and now here we are, and now, now I'm at that point where I don't know their names, and I, I hate that. I should, I should have done that. See, that's why I'm a C-minus student. But the gentleman who played, and now, now we're getting back to playing two different roles. The person who played the Sophia's friend who was going to redesign the garage, and he was sitting in the wheelchair. Oh, and he also played two roles, because yes. he was also, uh, you know, um, Mr. Bosco, Dominic Bosco. Are we talking, is that the one who had, where the, Sophia might have been switched at birth? Yes. Okay, yes. That, that was his name there? Okay, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And then I forget, what's his name in, um, when he's actually the, the man in the wheelchair? Uh, that I don't remember, but I remember him from Get Smart too. That Nunzio? Get Smart? What did you say? It's not Nunzio, what's his name? Vincenzo maybe? Oh, Vincenzo, you might be right about Vincenzo. Mm -hmm. So again, all these people who, again, at the time when, I was first watching this, I recognized them and I knew, oh yeah, it was, I could even probably have told you the character they were on Get Smart at the time, now I don't remember, but I, you, you kind of remember these things as, oh wow, I, I know that person from this. And you know what? They probably made the circuit of sitcoms at the time. Right, exactly. Yeah. They, they, they probably, yeah. or, or the dramas, or they were on the love boat or Fantasy Island or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is where also I could have known them from, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Rich oh, never man. watched The Love Boat. I had it on the other day and he was like, I don't know about this. And I'm like, oh, but there's so many celebrity guest stars on it. And he's like, eh. So that's going to have to be one I, I rewatch on my own. 
<laughs> I was just gonna say though, like Love Boat, that it wasn't that was just a guest star vehicle, really, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, every week there was a guest star playing some sort of, you know, passenger with an issue that Gopher <laughs> had to find out about and go to Captain Strubing and Ricky. <laughs> yeah. We don't even have to watch it now. We got it all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need a cocktail, Isaac, that's all you gotta know. I love <laughs> passenger with an issue. Yeah, that's exactly. the description of the love. Exactly. <laughs> when they had like the little like light, like the little uh, circle lightsaber thing. I said lightsaber. <laughs> I was like, um, wow, <laughs> Star Wars. Remember the time they had the lightsaber on there? No, you know, they like they put their face in the middle of the, um, what do you call those things? The, you throw them into rescue people. They're like, look like donuts. Oh, life preserver. Preserver, thank you. I could not think of that word, good googling it. <laughs> but they would put their face in the life preserver. And then that's when they should put that underneath their passenger with an issue. Yeah, Instead exactly. of their, their like name. And the, yeah, I agree. <laughs> they should have done that instead. I love how steeped in pop culture you are that like lightsaber comes to mind before life preserver. <laughs> it just pops out of my mouth. That could help you too much if that ship's going down though. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. There's one other actor that I had written down that again, no one's really gonna really care so much about, but it was John Shuck who played uh, the uh, politician that Blanche was accused of sleeping with, but oh, right. she really didn't. Yes, yeah. Uh, he was on this short-lived sitcom called Holmes and Yo-Yo, and he played a robot. Yo-Yo was a well, I forget which one was the robot, but he played a robot. And in in the uh, in the ads in the TV guide, when we used to use the TV guide to help us judge what we were going to watch, he'd have his shirt open, and you would see the fake circuitry on, on his chest. So that's how okay. that's how I knew him. Although you know, when you think about it, he does kind of have that character actor face. Yeah, where, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, you probably know him from other things too. But that's that's how I had known him prior to being on the Golden Girls. Interesting. What was the name of the show again? Uh, Holmes and Yo-Yo. Holmes like Sherlock Holmes. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> just, just those weird things that come back to you, and you go, "Oh my god, I don't even remember the show. I remember the ads and the stupid TV guide. I couldn't tell you anything about the show." Right. My grandmother, even though Golden Girls and Designing Women was on at the same time every night, my grandparents would highlight what they wanted to watch in during the week. And every night, Golden Girls and Designing Women was highlighted. I'm like, do you actually have to highlight that? Well, we know you're going to watch it. I love it. Yeah, I loved it. My grandparents totally loved that TV guide, I'll tell you. Um, it's funny because so many of these actors that we're talking about that were on other things or had these, you know, like burgeoning careers, I only refer to them and know them as their Golden Girls. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, Joe Classic, <laughs> good for him. He had another, he had another show. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you another one. We're talking now going back to the actors and actresses who played different roles. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, different actors and actresses playing the same role. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I see. That gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So you have Kate. Dorothy's yeah. daughter. So right. I, I really don't know what the first Kate ever did after or before, but I do know that Dina Freeman, who played the second Kate, was right. on Too Close for Comfort, which oh, was a show I used to love. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, they brought her on, I don't think she was originally on. She might have been like a second season, like the cousin who moves in kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think, but that's how I had known her before she was on, on, uh, on that show. Nice. Now, was that the show with Monroe? Yes, with J.M. Okay. Bullock. Yeah, J.M. Yes, Bullock. Yes, yeah. I loved mm-hmm. that show. Yes, with Ted Knight. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the cartoon that he would use the puppet to draw. Yeah, Cosmic Cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, yeah. you got such mm-hmm. a good memory. 
I, I, I can't tell you where really I live and I, I don't know how to do my job, but I can tell you all this stuff. Yes. So what about, so we talked about Kate, we talked about Glenn O'Brien, we talked mm -hmm. about Kirsten, we talked about Big Daddy. So there's also, there's uh, the two Dennis's, there's yeah. two Rebecca's and there's two Gloria's as mm -hmm. well. What about any of them? Do you have any, uh, you know? Okay, so in the monkey show, let's see. Hey, who is that? Gloria is played by Dina Dietrich. Oh, okay. Oh. I, she's one of those act. Okay, so what was her name again? Um, her name is Dina Dietrich. Oh, Dina Dietrich. Okay. Yeah, Dina. Dina Dietrich plays the Gloria, uh, the second Gloria yeah. that appears in the Monkey Show. Oh, who there I, she is. I believe was like largely cast because of her physical and uh, vocal appearance to be Arthur, which is like it's a nice, fun like Nancy Walker Estelle Getty type of pairing. Right. Um, which I thought was really creative, very clever, especially when uh, you know she. <laughs> Nancy Walker is so good. Sophia's standing, you know, between them, like a couple of Okay. Rhythms. Well, uh, let's throw this in here because I'm on IMDb, just trying to remember someone's name. And Bear the Dog, who played Dreyfus, is listed with all of the actors, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, give him his credit. He's a big yeah, guest star. Exactly. exactly. I'm, I, I'm sorry to know her name, but Dina Dietrich, the, the way you would have known her back when you saw saw the episode first run would have been from soap operas. But she also played Mother Nature in were they parquet commercials? Uh, no, chiffon margarine commercials. That's it. <laughs> it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. That's who she I was. I know that. That's who she was. That's okay. hilarious. That's great. <laughs> oh, Gloria. Because the margarine was fooling every. Uh, they, they fooled her. She thought it was butter, and it was margarine. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. That's that's where she's from. Wow, <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But th exactly. there's another soap opera. I mean, she's probably known for a ton of other things, but she came from soaps, too. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Just the burgeoning careers. I mean, yeah. Rue McClanahan was on uh, Another World. So yeah. <laughs> exactly um, why I have to watch it today. Don't exactly. <laughs> that's why they say stand by for the continuing story of Another World. <laughs> so since we talked about, you know, one character played by two different guest stars, let's go the opposite direction and just these people aren't quite notable, but like Harold Gould, like a guest star who actually played two different characters. We talked about Harold Gould, who plays Arnie and Miles. We talked about good old Weekend at Bernie's Bernie, Terry Kaiser, <laughs> who plays, you know, the, the Santa Claus. And, and, and we also taught and, and the, uh, you know, and Don um, from Beatlemania. We also talked about uh, Vincenzo and Dominic Bosco. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot of other people. Well, so there's like, you know, there's the Mr. Haha who <laughs> who also is Lou, uh -huh. um, Alan Blumenfeld. And you know, uh, you talked about the guy who played uh, Mr. Bosco. Isn't his wife Rita Claxton? Yes. Oh, yep. oh my gosh, yes. Philomena. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Someone in, in a senior center also, you know, winds up playing one of Sophia's friends probably in another episode with just more lines. They did oh, that a lot too. There's this woman, her name is Meg Wiley. She plays four different little old lady mm -hmm. characters. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was tight cast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's like in that, you know, mm -hmm. I definitely recognize her from other things too. Um, <laughs> apparently the, uh, so the, um, 
well, so yeah, so as you said, Philomena Bosco is is also Frida Claxton. That's that's Nan Martin. She was also pretty famous mm -hmm. um, in and of her own uh, her own right. Also, the guy um, who plays uh, Doctor Chang, who's like the the guy who actually like solves the chronic fatigue syndrome uh -huh. issue, he's also Mr. Tanaka, the Joe Mama guy. Yeah, the Joe Mama. <laughs> Which is like, what? <laughs> it's really, that's pretty fun. Now, do, do um, I have this one right? Uh, what about Teddy Wilson? The, the guy who played the diner owner in the Christmas episode. Isn't he also in the homeless episode? Yes, he is. Yep. And actually when we did the Christmas episode, we both talked about how much we loved him and how we wish he had like his own little spinoff series. <laughs> and we both forgot that he is in the <laughs> episode where they, um, they go to find- Yeah, brother, can you spare that jacket? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, also, the, something uh, timely, right? I mean, yeah. Mike, the, the whole Michael Jackson mini reference in there, and totally. it was probably yeah. a very special episode. Well, they probably didn't say a very special episode, but <laughs> you know, a little had, had a serious theme to it. It was definitely a serious theme for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. um, here's another fun one for for Golden Rose fans too. Richard wrote he played Al Beatty, who died in Rose's bed. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Also, <laughs> was Kendall Nesbitt That's in right. the murder mystery oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That one, like. Because there's such bookends of the, you know, of the series, like in early and then later part, and it's just like worlds apart. But it's so funny to think about that. He's oh. always dying. He's always yeah, yeah. killing <laughs> bizarre <laughs> ways. He's always dying. Also, um, the uh, I think we mentioned this before. Like the guy who plays like the doctor in one previous episode for Dorothy uh, is like also the father of the abandoned girl Emily. Oh right. <laughs> or, I'm sorry for Rose. Doctor for Rose, and then the father of the abandoned girl, who's like, my wife had triplets, and you're like, and oh, in that, <laughs> and in that episode with Emily, um, Ray Coombs, the host of Family Feud, he <laughs> also makes a brief appearance. Yes, um, he's the father of the like demon child. <laughs> <laughs> That's my not Raymond. Um, I'm only a C, C minus student, so I do not remember that. I was just going to say, A minus to us. God damn it. Norman. 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 <laughs> At the buzzer. Now he's, <laughs> well, for now, he's your Norman. Um, also, uh, the guy who plays um, Professor Cooper, Jerry Harden, comes back later as playing Gary Tucker, the guy that um, uh, is scamming on with Holly, with, uh, you know, he's dating Blanche, but then Holly Rose's sister. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just so wild um also the uh well yeah you were talking about tom villard who's who's rick from the vacation episode um well no you sorry you were talking about the vacation episode earlier with ak mm -hmm. pablo but the other guy those three doofy guys yeah in like you know next to the guy who plays uh rick who's like the one who talks like this he's got like mm -hmm. this weird voice that was not a good impression but you, you know what i'm talking about <laughs> he also then plays Randy Becker, who is like the guy who uh, used to be Dorothy's student, and he's like, "Hey, he's the Joe Mama host, basically." Of that Borealis guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, man, there's there's so many. Obviously, you that know, guy was uh, on a short-lived sitcom, and I wish I could remember the name of it. But he he was back when he had the shorter hair from the vacation episode. Got it. Got it. <laughs> he, yes. he was he was on, and he was playing like a goofy guy, if I remember correctly. So typecast. Perfect. I don't know. Perfectly typecasted. Yeah, yeah. His, mm -hmm. he does have a quite a voice to to pair with the goofiness for sure. Yeah, I wish I could remember um, the name of that show. I don't. Also, you know, we talked about Empty Nest. Obviously, the Empty Nest pilot, not the Empty yeah. Nest show mm -hmm. of of the guy who played George Carlos, 
uh, the father, the doctor. He's also Isaac Q. Newton, of yeah. course, <laughs> which is, you know, Isaac Q. Newton, a much better role, of course, than <laughs> his bumblingness. It's pretty And hard. Oliver, Oliver, who was on Empty Nest, uh, right. Charlie, he is also Charlie on the Jeopardy episode. Exactly, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. The, same, the, the same skeezy, you know, Joe Out of Zuzu. all the people to keep from that backdoor pilot, <laughs> yeah. they kept that guy, right? Joe Azuzu. They I kept was just going to say this Joe Azuzu, right? <laughs> exactly. That's, That's like his absolute best known role. It's so Yeah, cool. for sure. Um, but when they the retold that- it, they said, we have to keep this character and the only person to play this character is this guy. <laughs> I, it is perfectly cast. Uh-huh, it is. Yeah. It really is. But I mean, they totally retooled everything, and they kept him. Yeah, just amazing. I can't wait. To, <laughs> I can't wait to hear your discussion. Oh man, it's yeah. it's too it's too funny. <laughs> it's it's actually a del- it's a delight for empty nest fans and non empty nest fans. Alike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got one more. I, there's other repeat characters too, sure. all over the place. But like those could be explained away by like switching jobs in the Miami area. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the woman who played Anna, her name is Anna. She's a lady at the bus station that they chat with. You know, like in the, rem- the M- Mother's Day episode. Yeah. She's also Martha Lamont, the woman who wants to kill herself. That's suicide, right? Oh, you can, okay. You can mm-hmm. recognize it because she has that like weirdo, like, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's like not quite a British accent, but it's like, yeah. it's like proper English, you know? She's just it's like, a thespian accent. Yes, a thespian <laughs> accent. <laughs> very accurate. Yeah, yeah. Makes you wonder if she had yeah. a, a theater career. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, yeah, say that again? Well, it makes you wonder if she had a theater career with with That's a true. voice like that mm-hmm. oh i mean we could trace back i mean a lot of the guest yeah. stars that we mentioned too definitely came from yeah. theater Jerry Orbach did, is know. one of them uh, that right. I, you can know of right off the top of your head yeah exactly but i mean the still getty and sure. you know like there's, right a reason, there. there's a reason yeah exactly all of them i mean honestly there's a reason that uh you know betty white knows how to tap dance too i mean yeah. you know, <laughs> um as well as uh just yeah all the background it's really fascinating because like again like these you know the, a lot of these people had so many careers before they showed up here even if they played a bit part which is great right well betty betty white was on game shows with dark hair like when you know when she was like very young and it's just so fun and like although she aged she still looks the same she still has that beautiful classy face and even though her hair color has changed and she's got more wrinkles like you can just see her from those shows back and then in black and white and immediately think, oh, Rose. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, and she, I mean, and we, we talk about this a little bit. Oh, we talk, we talk about it all the time amongst ourselves, but like we talk about this a little bit with Debbie Macy, which is that, you know, like she, Rose specifically came up, I'm Rose, I'm sorry. Betty <laughs> came up in show business. Like she moved through from radio, the birth of television, you know, like all the way through having her own variety show. And then like you said, game shows, she's kind of touched like all of the different, uh, you know, touch points that there are for right. being on the screen. It's kind of yeah. amazing. So I forgot about her variety show. Yeah. Like she had her own, she was, you know, she was one of the first like female hosts ever that's of awesome. her own show mm-hmm. if not the i mean somebody else again correct me with the actual background scholarship in the pop culture world but it's yeah it's really it's really inspiring and again like i said before like having these four power players and particularly the three of betty white Rue mcclanahan and b arthur leading the show like that's they know so many people and they work with so many people and it's just mm-hmm. really kind of fascinating yeah what a network yeah mm-hmm. now, i don't know if again to put things in perspective I'm not sure when her husband, Alan Ludden, passed away, but I think it was before the show started. It was, sure. yeah. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. 
so like in the first season when Sophia has her, she thinks she's having a heart attack and the, the doctors can't get to the house because of a storm outside. And they start talking about their thoughts about death. And yep. Rose talks about when Charlie died. Whenever I watch that episode, I wonder if she's, if, if the wound of Alan Ludden pa passing away was still relatively fresh. That part I don't remember about dates. But mm. you can, the way, I mean, she's an actress. She's a great actress. So the way she does her scene there is poignant, but it makes it even more so when you got to figure he couldn't have passed away too many years prior to that. It was, it was actually four years prior and that's very insightful of you because Betty White has actually said, and again, I found this out from the Jim Colucci book, that she was talking about Alan in that scene. See, like I, she was and, and absolutely, absolutely channeling him. Yeah. We are recording this not too soon after the countdown for Christmas on the uh, Hallmark channel is over. <laughs> so now I am, I am, I am rel the only way I'm getting over my post-holiday blues, again, we're recording this in early January, but uh, is, is that the Golden Girls are back. You know, that, that little bit of normalcy, I don't mind coming back into my life after the holidays. And that episode was very recently on, and I thought about that when when I saw her do that little monologue as she was talking about Charlie dying. And so, I I think B. Arthur's mom had just died around there oh, really? as well. I can't remember if that yeah. if it's that episode. That's right, right. We we talked yeah. about this at at some point, but yeah, B. Arthur's mother had just died too. So I think that a lot of that episode was coming from like a real place. And, and like you said, they're both such wonderful actresses, but. Um, I do think that added, I'm sure that added a layer of sure. complexity and um, heartache to shooting that whole episode and particularly that scene. Right. And it's, yeah. it's poignant because also like they're dealing with this, you know, at an older age, which that becomes more and more common. Um, and so you have to kind of have those conversations more and come to, you know, the realization that, you know, you might be here the last part of your life. And I think a lot of the things that they said on that show definitely also helped people who were their age to not feel that way and mm -hmm. to feel more positive about you know being older anyway i just think that the show had so much to say about getting older and you know what happens after you know rose thinks that charlie's waiting for her you know on the other side yeah. and um you know that's just the coping mechanisms that they showed throughout the show i don't know they just did a really great job of that well, I think that, you know, the, the guest star, star power that we've been talking about today, that brings new viewers to the show, right? Like you talked about, George, like you can just hear those NBC promos. Like you haven't watched the show before? Well, Bob Hope's on it and everybody's like, right. me up, you know? Yeah. Um, not that there were a ton of Americans not watching the show at the time. Obviously, it was top of the ratings for like nearly its entire run. But, you know, the star power brings the people in and it's really fun here and there, but it's really the poignancy of all those messages about death, about aging, about friendship, about sexuality, about culture. You know, you talk about very special episodes, all of these like points they were trying to make and they just do it so well and anchored by all of these power players in Hollywood and otherwise that, you know, that showed up on the show. Right. right. Well, I remember, I, I, you know, I think I told you guys before um, that when I was pregnant with Jacob, we lived with my grandparents because my grandpa was having some health problems. And um, we were watching one of the shows and she looks over at me. She goes, well, I had the best sex of my life in my 50s. And I was like, <laughs> grandpa. Like, I was like, years, I was like la, 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 la. I'm like, I'm really glad that, you know, that you get to have those experiences, but I don't want to know about them. But I think that, you know, 
you know, she related to the fact that these women were getting older, but so had sexual drive and enjoyed, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, first, I just want to thank you both so much. This was so much fun there. I mean, we could do this for hours. There are so many more pieces. Um, but thank you both for, first of all, doing your research and also being such wonderful guests. Meanwhile, at the podcast, listen, subscribe. It's wonderful. It's worth your time. Um, and as a fun way to end this episode, Kristen, you mentioned that you had some Golden Girls Mad Libs. So I feel like that's the only way to close this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Um, so the first one is part of the body. Okay, guys, so we have out on the lanai. <laughs> you would think that the girls' lanai would be the perfect place to relax and clear your butt, but it seems that something colorful is always happening out there, like when Blanche hires a stripper dressed as a museum employee <laughs> <laughs> to run at Dorothy's bridal shower. A man in a lion costume parachutes down thinking he is at the spaghetti bowl. <laughs> Rose sees a yutz in the night sky and thinks it's a UFO. Dorothy and Miles get swept away in the slow moonlight and share forbidden chairs. <laughs> Sophia puts a Sicilian salami on the neighbor after his basketball crashes into their cat. <laughs> I don't know why these crack me up so bad. Oh, thank you guys so much for playing with me. Thank you. Honestly, that almost sounds like a plot. There are some pretty ridiculous plots in the Golden Girls. Right, right? Like the parachute thing is real. Yeah, <laughs> a, Sicilian, know, right? a Sicilian salami for sure. That was perfect. I mean, and to clear your butt, always a wonderful thing to do on the lanai. Isn't that the whole plot of uh, episode three of uh, Golden Palace? <laughs> no, George, but you need to watch all of those so you can. Uh, so I'll know, talk I'll about know for sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, this was so much fun. We had such a good time. Thank you both. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for Thanks. being our friends. Aw, you two guys, you're the best. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.